Act Three of the Ghost Sonata by August Strindberg, translated by Edwin Bjorkman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three A room furnished in rather bizarre fashion. The general effect of it is oriental. Hyacinths of different colors are scattered everywhere. On the mantel-shelf of the fireplace is seen a huge seated Buddha, in whose lap rests a bulb. From that bulb rises the stalk of a shallot, Allium ascalonicum, spreading aloft its almost globular cluster of white, star-like flowers. An open door in the rear wall, toward the right-hand side, leads to the round room, where the colonel and the mummy are seated. They don't stir and don't utter a word. A part of the death screen is also visible. Another door at the left leads to the pantry and the kitchen. The young lady, Adele, and the student are discovered near a table. She is seated at her harp, and he stands beside her. Sing to my flowers. Is this the flower of your soul? The one and only. Are you fond of the hyacinth? I love it above all other flowers. I love its virginal shape, rising straight and slender out of the bulb that rests on the water and sends its pure white rootlets down into the colorless fluid. I love the color of it, whether innocently white as snow or sweetly yellow as honey, whether youthfully pink or maturely red, and above all, if blue, with the deep-eyed, faith-inspiring blue of the morning sky. I love these flowers, one and all, love them more than pearls or gold, and have loved them ever since I was a child. I have always admired them, too, because they possess every handsome quality that I lack. And yet... What? My love is unrequited. These beautiful blossoms hate me. How do you mean? Their fragrance, powerful and pure as the winds of early spring, which have passed over melting snow, it seems to confuse my senses, to make me deaf and blind, to crowd me out of the room, to bombard me with poisoned arrows that hurt my heart and set my head on fire. Do you know the legend of that flower? Tell me about it. Let us first interpret its symbolism. The bulb is the earth, resting on the water or buried in the soil. From that the stalk rises, straight as the axis of the universe. At the upper end appear the six-pointed star-like flowers. Above the earth, the stars. What lofty thought! Where did you find it? How did you discover it? Let me think. In your eyes. It is, therefore, an image of the cosmos. And that is the reason why Buddha is holding the earth-bulb in his lap, brooding on it with a steady gaze, 
in order that he may behold it spread outward and upward as it becomes transformed into heaven this poor earth must turn into a heaven that is what buddha is waiting for i see now are not the snow crystals six-pointed too like the hyacinth lily you are right thus the snow crystal is a falling star and the snowdrop is a star of snow grown out of the snow but the largest and most beautiful of all the stars in the firmament the red and yellow sirius is the narcissus with its yellow and red cup and its six white rays have you seen the shallot bloom indeed i have it hides its flowers within a ball a globe resembling the celestial one and strewn like that with white stars what a tremendous thought whose was it yours no yours ours then we have jointly given birth to something we are wedded not yet what more remains to await the coming ordeal in patience i am ready for it tell me why do your parents sit there so silently without saying a single word because they have nothing to say to each other and because neither one believes what the other says this is the way my father puts it what is the use of talking when you can't fool each other anyhow that's horrible here comes the cook look how big and fat she is what does she want ask me about the dinner you see i am looking after the house during my mother's illness have we to bother about the kitchen too we must eat look at that cook i can't bear the sight of her what kind of a monster is she she belongs to the hummel family of vampires she is eating us alive why don't you discharge her because she won't leave we can do nothing with her and we've got her for the sake of our sins don't you see that we are pining and wasting away don't you get enough to eat plenty of dishes but with all the nourishment gone from the food she boils the life out of the beef and drinks the stock herself while we get nothing but fibres and water in the same way when we have roast she squeezes it dry then she eats the gravy and drinks the juice herself she takes the strength and savour out of everything she touches it is as if her eyes were leeches when she has had coffee we get the grounds she drinks the wine and puts water into the bottles kick her out we can't why not we don't know but she won't leave and nobody can do anything with her she's taken all our strength away from us will you let me dispose of her no it has to be as it is i suppose here she is now she will ask me what i wish for dinner and i tell her and then she will make objections and in the end she has her own way why don't you leave it to her entirely she won't let me what a strange house it seems to be bewitched it is now she turned back on seeing you here the cook appearing suddenly in the doorway at that very moment no that was not the reason she grins so that every tooth can be seen get out of here when it suits me now it does suit me she disappears don't lose your temper you must practice patience she is part of the ordeal we have to face in this house we have a chambermaid too after whom we have to put everything back where it belongs now i am sinking 
coronate ray music wait music patience this is named the room of ordeal it is beautiful to look at but is full of imperfections incredible yet such things have to be borne it is very beautiful although a little cold why don't you have a fire because the smoke comes into the room have the chimney swept it doesn't help do you see that writing table remarkably handsome but one leg is too short every day i put a piece of cork under that leg every day the chambermaid takes it away when she sweeps the room every day i have to cut a new piece both my penholder and my inkstand are covered with ink every morning and i have to clean them after that woman as sure as the sun rises what is the worst thing you can think of to count the wash Ugh. that's what i have to do Ugh. anything else to be waked out of your sleep and have to get up and close the window which the chambermaid has left unlatched anything else to get up on a ladder and tie on the cord which the chambermaid has torn from the window shade anything else to sweep after her to dust after her to start the fire again after she's merely thrown some wood into the fireplace to watch the damper in the fireplace to wipe every glass to set the table over again to open the wine bottles to see that the rooms are aired to make over your bed to rinse the water bottle that is green with sediment to buy matches and soap which are always lacking to wipe the chimneys and cut the wicks in order to keep the lamps from smoking and in order to keep them from going out when we have company i have to fill them myself music wait the labor comes first the labor of keeping the filth of life at a distance but you are wealthy and you have two servants what does that help what would it help to have three it is troublesome to live and at times i get tired think then of adding a nursery the greatest of joys and the costliest is life really worth so much trouble it depends on the reward you expect for your labors oh to win your hand i would face anything don't talk like that you can never get me why you mustn't ask you dropped your bracelet out of the window yes because my hand has grown too small the cook appears with a bottle of japanese soy in her hand there is the one that eats me and all the rest alive what has she in her hand this is my coloring bottle that has letters on it looking like scorpions it's the soy that turns water into bullion and that takes the place of gravy you can make cabbage soup out of it or mock turtle soup if you prefer out with you you take the sap out of us and we out of you we keep the blood for ourselves and leave you the water with the coloring it's the color that counts now i shall leave but i stay just the same as long as i please she goes out why has Bankson got a medal on account of his great merits has he no faults yes great ones but faults bring you no medals you know both smile you have a lot of secrets in this house as in all houses permit us to keep ours
do you care for frankness within reason at times i am seized with a passionate craving to say all i think yet i know that the world would go to pieces if perfect frankness were the rule i attended a funeral the other day in one of the churches and it was very solemn and beautiful that of mr hummel yes that of my pretended benefactor an elderly friend of the deceased acted as a mace-bearer and stood at the head of the coffin i was in particular impressed by the dignified manner and moving words of the minister i had to cry everybody cried a number of us went to a restaurant afterward and there i learned that the man with the mace had been rather too friendly with the dead man's son the young lady stares at him trying to make out the meaning of his words i learned too that the dead man had borrowed money of his son's devoted friend and the next day the minister was arrested for embezzling the church funds ah nice isn't it oh do you know what i am thinking of you now don't tell or i'll die i must lest i die it is only in the asylum you say all that you think exactly my father died in a madhouse was he sick no perfectly well and yet mad it broke out at last and these were the circumstances like all of us he was surrounded by a circle of acquaintances whom he called friends for the sake of convenience and they were a lot of scoundrels of course as most people are he had to have some society however as he couldn't sit all alone as you know no one tells people what he thinks of them under ordinary circumstances and my father didn't do so either he knew that they were false and he knew the full extent of their perfidy but being a wise man and well brought up he remained always polite one day he gave a big party it was in the evening naturally and he was tired out by a hard day's work then the strain of keeping his thoughts to himself while talking a lot of damned rot to his guest the young lady is visibly shocked well while they were still at the table he rapped for silence raised his glass and began to speak then something loosed the trigger and in a long speech he stripped the whole company naked one by one telling them all he knew about their treacheries at last when utterly tired out he sat down on the table itself and told them all to go to hell oh i was present and i shall never forget what happened after that my parents had a fight the guests rushed for the doors and my father was taken to a madhouse where he died 
to keep silent too long is like letting water stagnate so that it rots that is what has happened in this house there is something rotten here and yet i thought it paradise itself when i saw you enter here the first time it was a sunday morning and i stood gazing into these rooms here i saw a colonel who was no colonel i had a generous benefactor who was a robber and had to hang himself i saw a mummy who was not a mummy and a maiden oh how about the maidenhood by the by where is beauty to be found in nature and in my own mind when it has donned its sunday clothes where do we find honor and faith in fairy tales and childish fancies where can i find anything that keeps its promise only in my own imagination your flowers have poisoned me and now i am squirting their poison back at you i asked you to become my wife in a home full of poetry and song and music and then the cook appeared sir Simcarda. try once more to strike fire and purple out of the golden harp try i ask you i implore you on my knees as she does not move then i must do it myself he picks up the harp but is unable to make its strings sound it has grown deaf and dumb only think that the most beautiful flower of all can be so poisonous that it can be more poisonous than any other one there must be a curse on all creation and on life itself why did you not want to become my bride because the very wellspring of life within you has been sickened now i can find how that vampire in the kitchen is sucking my life juices she must be a lamia one of those that suck the blood of children it is always in the servants quarters that the seed leaves of the children are nipped if it has not already happened in the bedroom there are poisons that blind you and others that open your eyes more widely i must have been born with that second kind of poison i fear for i cannot regard what is ugly as beautiful or call evil good i cannot they say that jesus christ descended into hell it refers merely to his wanderings on this earth his descent into that madhouse that jail that morgue the earth the madmen killed him when he wished to liberate them but the robber was set free it is always the robber who gets sympathy woe woe is all of us savior of the world save us we are perishing toward the end of the student's speech 
the young lady has drooped more and more she seems to be dying at last she manages to reach a bell and rings for bangston who enters shortly afterward bring the screen quick i am dying bangston fetches the screen opens it and places it so that the young lady is completely hidden behind it the liberator is approaching be welcome thou pale and gentle one sleep you beauteous unhappy and innocent creature who have done nothing to deserve your own sufferings sleep while dreaming and when you wake again may you be greeted by a sun that does not burn by a home without dust by friends without stain by a love without flaw thou wise and gentle buddha who sits waiting there to see a heaven sprout from this earth endow us with patience in the hour of trial and with purity of will so that thy hope be not put to shame the strings of the harp begin to hum softly and a white light pours into the room seeing the sun it seemed to my fancy that i beheld the spirit that's hidden man must forever reap what he planted happy is he who has done no evil wrong that was wrought in moments of anger never by added wrong can be righted kindness shown to the man whose sorrow sprang from your deed will serve you better fear and guilt have their home together happy indeed is the guiltless man a faint moaning sound is heard from behind the screen you poor little child you child of a world of illusion guilt suffering and death a world of eternal change disappointment and pain may the lord of heaven deal mercifully with you on your journey the whole room disappears and in its place appears becklin's the island of death soft music very quiet and pleasantly wistful is heard from without curtain end of act three end of the ghost sonata by august strindberg translated by edwin bjorkman 1899-1900